Hi guys, welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and we are here for our November check-in episode. I am here with our guest booking producer and fellow actress, Helena Santos. Hi, Helena. I see you're playing with your microphone a little bit. Are you doing okay? I am. Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to tell people what you're working on right now? Oh, like why I'm playing with the microphone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So usually I just sit in my bedroom when we record these, but I thought I'd be more official today because uh, I have a Zoom voiceover callback for the first time. I've never done a Zoom voiceover callback. So I'm in the little sound booth thing that my husband actually built um, out of styrofoam and wood and blankets and things. And so I'm using what I actually use to record voiceover auditions and, and audiobooks and gigs and stuff. Um so I wanted to see what it'd be like to work with you over Zoom, talk to you using all of my more official things rather than just being in my bedroom. So I no. think this is a genius way of utilizing a meeting to practice your actor skills for tomorrow. So way to go. Yeah. That's a really well, especially good because it's not like you're going to judge me. <laughs> I'm so worried about your setup. No, I think you look I know, super, super official. Worried. No, super official. Um, yeah. So it'll be fun. Uh, saying past guest Lynn Chen gave me a couple good pointers for the Zoom callback, which, uh, you know, the big takeaway was to make sure to stay physical and energetic in the frame of like the Zoom frame itself. Because even though, yes, they're listening to my voice and directing me, like it's a director session. So directing me with the voice work, obviously she was saying it's really good to be super energetic and have the physicality so they can see that, which is interesting when you know that it's going to be ultimately voiceover. So I thought that was pretty good feedback because I probably wouldn't have done that. So we'll see. Do you feel like when you do voiceovers, you are physical? Because I definitely am. I'm always- It depends for me. Moving. Yeah, it it just depends. I- I don't know. It depends on what it is, what the, what the lines are, what the character's saying, what the circumstances, what, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if it's, you know, you're punching something or rolling around on the ground or whatever, it's different than if you're just doing like a really chill voiceover, like look at the mountain stream or something. It's uh-huh. yeah. like announcer, commercial announcer is always different for me than mm. like c- character is very moving. And I try to yeah. do the actions in my body at least a little bit, but when yes. it's commercial announcer, I'm like, Smart and final Jenny O Turkey, 99 cents a pound. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I'm all into the microphone. Yeah. Well, I'm fairly new to doing voiceover work too. Like I only started really diving into it at the top of pandemic. And, um, so it's, it's been a fun other skill set. You've done quite a bit though, right? I mean, I audition all the time, but I don't book very often. I Mm -hmm. think I don't, I also, I, I record right here where I am. I don't have the most professional setup. I don't have I bought Source Connect at the beginning of the pandemic because I booked mm-hmm. I booked a voiceover job very quickly in the pandemic. And that was my only I'd, I'd go out for it all the time, but I'm not super. You should explain I, to people what Source Connect is if they don't know. Oh, so Source Connect is the patchwork program, basically, that you can be at home, but you can be in the ears of people across the world recording a voiceover. So instead of going to a fancy booth, you can set up your own booth at home in however you do that. I was literally, I'm recording at our bar that I've made my office and I put blankets over the top of this with like a bolster underneath, like I was making mm-hmm. a fort because uh, very in the pandemic and I had nothing set up and I was underneath it just sitting on the ground. And I, and Source Connect is a program you pay. It's not cheap. Uh, but it patches your computer and your audio feed 
into those of the sound engineer and the director and anyone working on the project. So that way they can live direct you and live recording you all from your home setup. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I've never had to use Source Connect so far. So it's um, pricey. I feel like it's not so called for unless you don't live in the city that the commercial is recording in. I've mm-hmm. gone into a voiceover booth quite a few times in the pandemic. So, I, okay. So I'm taking back what I said. I don't do it. I don't book a ton of voiceover ad copy or character work. I have done, mm-hmm. I do a lot of dubbing and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like ADR and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which totally is different. Wait, you've never actually talked about that here. The dubbing? Yeah. Cause didn't, yeah. Weren't, wasn't there like a big Netflix show that you did dubbing for? I've done. So I've mostly done Netflix shows. Uh, so, okay. So here's how I got into this. Cause it sounds kind of, I think it's become really popular because squid games and everyone's watching oh. <laughs> more shows that are dubbed right now. Sure. But I wait, you're watching to... that dubbed people watch. I just watched okay, the, or I, I have the captions. I but... haven't watched it yet. <gasps> Oh no. Okay. We'll have to talk about it once you've watched it. I know. I just finished Sopranos for the first time ever. Okay. And then we needed an easily digestible show because that was a lot. So now we're watching only murders in the building because it's 30 minute episodes Yeah, and it's a blast, but I would not be squid Squid game. That would, that would not be a easy thing to watch after Sopranos. No, I need, I need a gentle downhill slope. Uh (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I interrupted you though. So Netflix dubbing. So I got an audition that I I can't remember if I self-submitted for it or if my manager put me up for it a couple of years ago. And it was a voiceover audition, but it was in person and it was at an audition studio. And I was flummoxed because I didn't understand. They gave us sides that looked like a real script. And, but it was actually at one of the casting studios in LA. And I was just, I didn't know how to prepare. And so I kind of didn't, this is terrible. I kind of didn't do much. (laughs) I had never had a a voiceover audition in just a casting studio. I was like, how are they going to record this? Do they just want me to act it out loud? And that's how they're going to do it. So Hmm. I went in a little blind and as occasionally these things go, not very often I went in and I, I booked it. Basically they had me sit it in a chair in front of the desk where they were recording the auditions from and just speak into a microphone in just a, just a regular audition studio was very odd. And Uh, and I booked it. And ever since then, that same company has called me back. I would say once every three to five months, they'll call. Great. It's great. It's great. And the hourly rate is pretty decent and they have a minimum that they have to pay you. And so you come in, come into the office. Sometimes you get about, you know, about your character the day before or the project. If you have a bigger role, I've only had that happen a few times. Mostly I pay, I play like five or six characters and I'll do different voices for everyone but you come in and you get set in a booth. Now there's nobody else in the sound booth or in the room or through the glass, but you, Mm -hmm. you just come in and they're all the remotes are, uh, you don't see anyone. It's really funny. And they're all just in your, in your headphones, but you get a screen and they'll, they'll play the clip that you're going to do the voiceover for. So they'll give you like a little summation of your character before, if it's your first one. And then underneath it, you will see the English words running underneath it. And uh, you will watch the screen and you will follow the, it's like following karaoke uh-huh. underneath, but you also need to watch the screen itself to see like how the actor says it. So like yeah. what tone they're in, what mood they're in, what's, is it a party? Is it louder? Or are they like whispering in a quiet room, like whatever they're doing and then match the tone. Sometimes you'll have the other voiceovers if they've done other people's dubbings in your ears That's as well. Helpful. 
it, it is helpful. Um, and then sometimes the words that they picked for the English translation don't match the lip flaps. So then they'll ask you to change it to make it flip more. It's it's uh, it's pretty fast paced. And I'm glad that I'm doing it now because it keeps me on my toes. And I'm in a voiceover booth and it's kind of a longer day. So I have to take really good care of my voice. But yeah, but it's, well, it's really fun. It's I've also one of those things seven or 10 now. I, that's I amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so great. I mean, I, I from watching things, I can't watch things overdubbed because I often find that it's just distracting because of what you're saying, where mm -hmm. if the if the voice isn't matching what the actor's face is showing or their physicality, it's just so it throws me off completely. So yeah. now all the shows I want to watch, I always read subtitles, but I also have to make sure I'm super awake and paying attention. <laughs> totally. To you know? And these, this company I do it for, they are exact. We will do the same sentence 17 times if it doesn't mm -hmm. fit the lip flaps. Like Netflix is pretty on top of it. There mm -hmm. are some languages that just do not work in English very well. And those you just kind of have to flub it a little bit. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I often am in scenes just because of the quality of my voice, which has also taught me a lot about my branding. I play like party girl or I'll play, uh, you know, I've done a, something that is very weird to do in a voiceover booth that no one talks about is sex scenes. Oh. I, and because when you overdub a character for their verbiage, you also have to overdub with them for their sound effects. So when someone's so the voice matches, mm -hmm. uh -huh. so it's consistent throughout. So when someone's moaning or kissing or any of that, I'm doing all of that by myself in a sound booth. And before COVID, it would be 98% of the time it was some dudes sitting on the other side of the glass, you know, doing their job, right? So the sound <laughs> engineer and the director, 95% of the time, those are men in this workforce we're in right now. Yeah. I've had a couple of female directors, which is rad, but oftentimes it's men. And they are just, they are paying attention to their work and they're just, you know, everyone's just doing very professional, doing their jobs, but it is still awkward, awkward. and you get used to it after a while, but it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a weird gig. Sometimes Caleb's like, what'd you do today? I'm like, I played three different prostitutes and they were wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That is, uh, awkward. It's a for trip. Sure. It's definitely sure. a trip. Well, wait, what's going on? What's, uh, this is, we're recording this secretly in the final days of October because we are very busy in November, but don't what tell you, anyone what's going on with you right now. Well, it's really funny. I, I told somebody the other day over Marco Polo when I was just talking to a friend in LA about how I was getting, you know, oh, things are slowing down here, not going out as much. And then last night I had three auditions. So I was like, oh, okay, never mind. As three? soon, yeah. Um, as soon, I mean, they weren't huge. They were all um, what you would say would be like large co stars, small guest stars. But, you know, three at once for three different, vastly different vastly different characters and projects. It was so much fun. I felt like I was kind of in acting class again. And I love it when that happens, like, and it's not a huge amounts of sides because then you get to play in all these different worlds and it's sort of just like a workout, um, which makes it really fun. But yeah, I, I, I knew it too. I said, as soon as I say this, I bet you. And then it happened the next day and I was like, okay, yep. I either should keep saying that it's going to slow down because then I'll keep, it's like when you go away, it's the same thing. Yeah. So you have um, to really, you have to really mean it though, when you say it. Oh yeah. And I totally, I was, <laughs> I, cause I had looked at the production list up here too, for anyone's up in Vancouver, you can go to the UBCP, what shooting production list. And I was looking at it going, okay, so a third of these things are Hallmark Christmas things that are cast and wrapping out. Cause we're almost in November and they're going to start 
airing soon, or a third of them are shows that are finishing up for the season. So a lot of there may only be one or two more episodes to cast. And then the other third are things that are going across into the new year. Um, and I've already been on a number of them, so I can't be on them again. So I'm like, okay, so it'll slow down. No, just kidding. Um, which is great. I'm super excited. I would love to, I'm going to declare right now. I mean, I had, I wanted to book three more gigs before the year's up, but I'm going to be super happy if I just book one more. So I'm just like, okay, one more, here we go, please. And thank you. Um, yeah, so you've that's had my a goal. stellar year. I've had it a might really not, good year. Yeah, um, sometimes I think I think it might not feel like it in a day moment, but if you yeah. look across your year, you've yeah, been, you've been quite full. It's been it's been good. I hit my hit my goal. I mean, it's just had these arbitrary sort of. It would be really cool to book this many things, and uh-huh. um, because you, I mean, it's so out of your control. But uh, I I definitely am someone who excels with taped auditions, um, much more so than in person. I think. Uh, so that's something that I very selfishly hope stays forever. <laughs> and I know I'm, I might, there's people who don't feel that way. I know that for sure. And I'm very sensitive to that, especially, you know, older actor friends who might not be as technically savvy. And, um, I come from the very privileged position of having an actor as my husband. So we mm-hmm. work together on the, I mean, I, I know that my circumstance isn't like everyone's, I mean, like you and you have a, well, not an actor, but a writer who understands and can work with you. So it's, I know that people's situations aren't the same everywhere, um, but I very selfishly love it. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I never have to drive to Santa Monica at 4 PM ever again, I will be the happiest person alive. I love right. you, Santa Monica. You're beautiful. The traffic <laughs> back is absolute hell. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I got so used to it because of living in LA for so many years, driving from where I live in Langley to Vancouver, uh, it's a 45 minute drive without traffic with traffic in an accident. It could be freaking two hours. So I got so used to doing it all the time. And people out here kept saying, Oh, that's a long drive. And I was like, Oh no, no big deal. Now that we've been home so much because of COVID when I have had to go into Vancouver for fittings or whatever, I'm just like, Oh, this is a long drive. <laughs> yeah. Everything feels like it's when I have more, I think we've talked about this before, but when I have more than one thing to do outside of the house in a day, like, God, this is such a busy day. I'm exhausted. Right? It's like, how do people do this? I had to go to the grocery store and the dog store and to the vet. I don't, how am I going to make it happen? I used to work five, three jobs in the same right. day. Like I don't, it's, it's insane. And how with all changed. of the LA traffic too. Yes. Factoring time and the thing I hate about the LA traffic is that everyone's least favorite subject to hear about on a podcast, but just real quick, I think I hate the most is that when it's unpredicted, right? Like I know when traffic should be and I'm aware like 8.30 to 10 a.m. real full because people in LA sleep in, right? Those mm-hmm. things like that. When it's like a Sunday at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and I'm early to go somewhere and there's traffic, I could kill. That's what I <laughs> just... Just play by the rules that you've set, LA. Yeah. Come on. Um, how are you? How's your last month-ish been? Uh, it's been good. It's been a lot of work. I wrapped the working actor workshop for this year, which was it's just a delicious place to be in. It's a lot of work for me because it's all it's Friday evenings and Saturday days, and and then there's follow-up emails and there's extra workshops and things like that. So it's fun because I just get to spend it with people who are excited to be there. Uh, and doing something I absolutely love. And every time I do it, I leave thinking I should teach this tomorrow because I think it's so good and I'm obsessed with it and I get such good feedback. And then 
I, uh, I, then I, while I'm doing it again, I'm like, Oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> right. So it'll come back again next year, but it was, it's been such a ride. This month has been fast. I can't believe that we're, uh, you know, we're like what, a couple of days away from Halloween right now. So when people, when this will play, it'll be mid November. So well, oh past. my gosh, I wonder what's going to happen in two weeks since we've recorded this. I bet you're going to be like, Oh, whoa. That yeah. was like a lifetime ago. I sometimes I like when we do this and then I hear it back later. Cause I'll tell you right now, it's been pretty quiet for me mm-hmm. uh, in the past month or two, it, which listen, I'm saying that to you. And then I just remembered that this month I booked a big print job and I booked a big commercial. Oh, great. So I should shut the fuck up because <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot because they were in the first two weeks of the month and now we're in the last two weeks and time is a flat circle. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been, it's been good. I had a great commercial uh, f- filming. I think we uh, recorded after that. We recorded after my yeah. wardrobe fitting. Yes, that's right. That was like three hours long. And yeah. we, it was, it was lovely. It was a very challenging day on set in the best way. I felt like I was in the improv Olympics of utilizing the same words in 2000 different oh, ways. Nice. Uh, and in, and in the, and faster, everything was faster. Do, right. Same, same comedic cadence, but faster. I was like, okay, that was 26 seconds. We needed to be 21. Right. Oh God. Like it was, it was a blast though. And I had a female director, which oh, was on my list of things this year to have an on-camera female director. And I got one and her name was Natalie and she was lovely. And I, I was, I had the best time. So, you know, it was very challenging, but in a happy way. And I feel very thrilled about that. And with theatrical being like a little bit quieter, I've had some time to work on my own things, which has been really nice. Mm -hmm. And the auditions that I've got, I've really enjoyed. I was supposed to go get a facial today and (laughs) I just got a big chunky audition to work on. So I'm going to do that instead. Um, lots of movies and not so much TV and film uh, going on for me right now. Mm. I, it's kind of, I've, I like to tell actors that some people don't like to tell people what's going on, but I think it's, it's nice to say because sometimes, wait, what do you mean? Don't like to say what's going on. Some people don't like to check in about like what they're auditioning. They just like to be like, Oh, I'm auditioning a lot, but I'm like, what are you auditioning for? Like, is it, I don't know. Sometimes right. I'm like, it's like a lot of indie movies or it's a like a lot of this kind of thing. You know me. I just want to like yeah. tell all the details because I think it just makes us feel less weird when we think I'm the only person not auditioning for TV right now. Oh, right. Okay. I see I what you're think saying. That, that kind of comes up a lot when I talk mm-hmm. to actors. Like, I don't get TV auditions. I'm like, I do sometimes. Like, it just it ebbs and flows. Hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it's been good. I've, what, what the, what else has been going on? Well, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I feel like we definitely need to touch on, although we're not really, we're, it's an ongoing investigation, but we Mm -hmm. definitely need to talk about New Mexico. Um, The shooting on the rest set, the whole, I mean, I feel like we can't really say much about it because literally I was watching the CNN thing this morning. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's ongoing investigation and, you know, there's, there's so many factors. We're not really the qualified people to say what we just can't, but Mm -hmm. we, we can say safety is of utmost importance. You know, I, I feel like I was thinking a lot about when I was a new actor in LA, I have a story I've never told. I don't think anywhere. Exclusive. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So I was thinking just about safety in general and being really eager, um, and not knowing when you can walk away from something. Mm -hmm. Um, I, okay. So I'd been, it was 2007. 
I'd been in LA for a hot second and I had submitted for something on Actors Access. It was, uh, I was called in by a very legit casting director and it was this really cool project where it was the lead character and she was going to be kidnapped and whatever. And it was all, she was the girlfriend of the guy and it was, it was a great role. It was Mm -hmm. really good. So I was super excited. Went into the audition, got a callback. When I went to the callback, now, again, I feel so stupid saying all this, but we all make dumb mistakes. We all make mistakes. This is how we learn, right? So I go to the callback, which is in a park in like Sherman Oaks-ish area. So I was like, okay, this is interesting, different. It is with the director and the producer who, when I get there, the quote, I'm putting producer in huge air quotes right now. He's on his phone going like, oh yeah, well, we got to get the money for the blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And he's sort of pretending it being a producer and trying to make himself grandiose. And it was very weird. Can it was I, myself. One question yeah. before you go on. Was this, are you union at this point? Where are we at I'm, with that? I think, uh, I was union in Vancouver. I think I was SAG eligible in LA and I was waiting to my first LA booking to join SAG because you have that amount of time where you can, you know, bridge it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, um, yeah. So when I get there, it's myself and this other girl, both being called back for the same role. And they say, oh, it's between you and her. And one of you is going to play the lead role. One of you is going to play the, the supporting role. And we want you to do the fight scene and we're going to record it. So he's got his like at the time, little camcordery thing, right? Because it's 2007. Um, and then we're going to decide from there. So I'm all like, OK, so I'm talking to the girl and I'm saying, do you have any sort of stunt training? Have you ever done any sort of theater stuff? She had zero experience. So I should have walked away at that point. I was dumb and I didn't. (laughs) So inevitably we had choreographed this thing where we were definitely far enough apart. It was all just done for camera, but I was like, there should be a stunt coordinator here. And I didn't listen to my gut. I was too eager. And she got really enthusiastic and eager and accidentally punched me in the face. So it punched my, her, she was right-handed, punched my left side. It split the inside of my lip open. And we had, again, I'm being stupid. Instead of being like, no, I'm going home right now. I went somewhere to get ice from the corner store. Cause it wasn't like horrible, horrible, horrible. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. It's just like bleeding and it's a little bit split on the inside. And I was like, Oh, it's going to be, it'll be fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think I was in shock too. Just going, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. So I'm icing it. And I still did the next scene with them that they wanted to record. And it wasn't until I was driving home that I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. What the hell was I thinking I was just trying to be this like really eager and up for anything actor who can go with the punches literally. And I, I just, I got home and I was like, hell no. And I immediately emailed everybody on like, like the producer director and casting to be like, I have, this is what happened. I should have, I I said this stuff. I was like, I should have walked away. Um, I, at the first sign that this was, anything the first time that this wasn't even in a proper casting office because so many other things could have happened that I mean it was the middle of the day and it was sunny and all these other things but um and I said I have serious concerns about safety on this production if this is what happens during a callback and this is a legit casting office and I just I really wanted them to know 
like this isn't somebody just going, I'm going to make a movie. It's, yeah. I just wanted to be like, look, like this is, this is not okay. Um, and so I, I've just thought about that so much uh, since the time, and especially now with what's happened on the rest set. And, and you just, man, I, th- I feel like because we're so excited to do things, we often don't know when we can speak up and don't know what, what our rights are and just all of that. So I wanted to share that and be really vulnerable with everyone and say, I was 27 and I did something really dumb and we all do it and it's okay. And if you make a mistake like I did, it's okay. Um, you know, would I try to catch myself sooner and not do those things? Yes. Stand up for myself. No, it's okay to walk away. No, I'm not a bad actor because I don't want to do something that I feel is unsafe, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I know you feel like it sounds like you, you also feel pretty responsible for taking that choice, but you were put in a really bad position and I'm really sorry. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's, I, I learned a lot and I, I definitely laughed about it later, but mm-hmm. you know, at the time, yeah. oh, oh, needless to say, I was also shooting um, something that weekend. So I thankfully had a really good makeup artist who could take the bruise down, but, and I felt horrible for the other girl. And this is where this whole Alec Baldwin thing, he's a producer on it. So that complicates things, you mm-hmm. know? So he, he's liable in a different way. And it'll be interesting to see what happens legally. Cause there's no precedent for it. Um, at least not in New Mexico, uh, from what the DA was saying, mm-hmm. but the, being the actor who, pulled the trigger. I just can't, you know, I, I, it gives me chills over my chills over my entire body. And I know, cause the girl who punched me was horrified and she just was like, you know, tears in her eyes. I'm like, Oh, I was like, this is not your fault. This is yeah. not your fault. I was like, we should have had a stunt coordinator here. We shouldn't be doing this. I should have said, no, you should have said, no, we should have walked away. This is not your fault. Um, so yeah, I, there you go. Yeah, no, I mean, look, there's everyone, friends and family are asking me about this. Like, what do you think? Right. What are your opinions? I'm like, well, it never, ever, ever should have even been close to an option of something happening. 700 things had to go wrong for that to even potentially be something that could happen. So it's just so, it's so outlandishly insane. And, you know, the, the, unfortunate, fortunate part of things like this is that when these events happen, it always highlights and enforces the things down the road. So exactly. And the little things though, the little yes, things, yes. Like we can look like out when for we have, things. when you're on set and they're like, we're having a safety meeting. People are like, yeah, yeah, we're listening, whatever. It's just like one person talking and everyone's bare. But when you actually listen to the safety meeting, that should matter, right? Mm-hmm. Things like that. And people going over well, this 17, the 17 steps that it takes between putting a gun into an actor's hand is epic and important. And when you're in a scene and I've been in them watching them do it before, I'm like, oh my God, we get it. He just had the gun in his hand. We know it's fake. Just hand it to back to him. Like it right. feels redundant when you're in it and you're like, let's go. Like I, I want to do my job. Like we all just want to go. We all want to feel important and do our thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, we get it. We saw there was no bullets. And now we see there's no bullets again. Like let's give the same gun, whatever. But we're reminded in these scenarios, how important those silly steps seem, but are how important they actually are. And, and it, it, I fucking hate that it had to be because someone lost their life and because someone Mm -hmm. else was injured and all of like it, I cannot imagine a sadder way to go. And I hear she was just an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's, it's, 
devastating and it's exhausting. And I hope that we actually take something from this and well, do better. Yeah. I mean, you're right. 17 million things have to go wrong in so many different from, from the top, from, from the hiring to the, everything that happened on the set to the day-to-day to the moment to the, like mm-hmm. everything had to be bad and go wrong. Like there's, I just, it is, it's baffling, but I also think that the thing to take away for actors is um, don't touch things that aren't yours. Right. Mm-hmm. So the fact that one of the things they're talking about, and this is, you know, not set in stone, but one of the things that are be- is being rumored to have happened is that some of the crew may have been, you know, using that particular gun with live rounds to shoot cans between takes or setups or yeah, whatever. I heard that as well. Right. So that's still not confirmed officially, can but you it's like fucking imagine. Can you no. imagine if you're on a set in between when people go to like do whatever things between takes. I'm like, what are you doing? Like we're working to, to go shoot. Gu- like I just, I, it, I know like, it blows well, my fucking mind. Well, like a, why is there a real gun on the set? Why is there why live are there rounds? Why are like the, this whole, like the whole thing is mind boggling. But again, what are the takeaways that we can take mm-hmm. as actors? Don't touch things that aren't yours. Crew members, is that gu- don't touch something that you're not in charge of. The armorer is like the only freaking person. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I just don't you know, touch things that aren't yours. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I do like last time we recorded, you mentioned we talked about being on indie sets and how we like want to do right. all of the things and help out. And you said something about how you just you're so into it and you're so used to doing your own movies and mm-hmm. doing, doing all these things that you, you were going to help put the props away. Yeah. And the prop person was like, no, no, I have to take care it. of that. <laughs> yeah. And that is just a small example of why these minute details matter. Obviously a prop person and armor are two different jobs on set. Yeah. yeah. But like a, a cup is not if, the same as a gun, but still the same yes. principle. If, if you're on, this is where it's really important for my non-union actors to listen. My, my, pre-SAG members, whatever you want to call yourselves, that is your, there is not as much enforcement of rules as there, there will be. And maybe going forward that changes, but there is not as much structure and enforcement of rules on these sets. And mm-hmm. they'll still ask you to do things that you should not do, whether that be involving stunts and, and guns and weapons, whether that be nudity or sexual situations you have to be your first advocate and you have, it's so hard in a moment. It's so hard. And I'm going to speak for myself. I haven't been in a, a situation where I was uncomfortable with fights or anything like that, but I've been in ones where there was nudity involved and things like that. And I did not stand up for myself when I, mm-hmm. when it first was encouraged and I was people around set were making jokes about me and all of these things. And it was very, Why? very because it was a situation. I was on a non-union set. There was a lot of it was all men behind the cameras and they were making jokes about while well, I was like in the sheets in the bed and uh. mostly naked. And it was incredibly uncomfortable. And this is, I want to make sure that we be clear that this is nowhere near the scenario that we were talking about with rust. Like these are two oh, different no, scenarios, no, yeah, yeah. but also in terms of just speaking up for yourself in terms of safety and taking care of yourself, you have to, you have to, because nobody else is going to do it for you. Even the actor who's with you, they're, they're not going to do it for you. You got to be, you got to be your number one. Right. Well, even things like, you know, making sure that you have the proper privacy patch. Like I know mm-hmm. people who've been on set and they're not even like, 
these things that should be happening don't happen. And we can't be afraid to speak up for ourselves. It's just beyond important. And I think it's, you know, we are so inundated with messages to be easy to work with and Mm -hmm. to be, just do your job and, and do what's asked of you on set, which to a certain extent, yeah, we all want to be easy to work with and we all want to be good at our jobs, but your job does not include putting yourself in, in danger in yeah. any way. Shape, well, there's form. a difference between not being diva ish about what you're doing and your job and expecting things that are, you know, like th- there's, there's that side of things where that can definitely make somebody quote hard to work with and not wanting to be invited back and all of these things. Right. That's a totally different thing that, that, we're talking about. It's not that it's, we're talking safety, but I do think sometimes you're made to feel that way in those scenarios. If it doesn't match up with what people want to accomplish in that moment. Right. 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 Yeah. So that's when you really just have to be your own mentor. Oh, the subject is so dark. Let's I know it. it is. Okay. La la la. Well, okay. I well, the last thing we should say is that because we're recording this on October 27th mm-hmm. and this is going to go out later in November, mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see what happens and, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, whatever happens, we are we just feel I feel for her family so much. She has the whole thing is atrocious. Ah, okay. Topic change. Topic change. Oh, Abrupt how is How's abrupt turn? How are your zits doing, Sam? Let's Girl, talk about face. Okay. Let's, let's take go. it. Let's take it skin deep. We're gonna let's take it away it. from being so dead. Yeah. Uh, so, I am. Last episode, you shared with us that you had with some bookings. You had also some facial issues that you were dealing with, and I texted I you yesterday. I don't Was think that I last talked. One? To, no, you know what? I think it was during book club. We talked about that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Well, you guys should have been on book club, I guess. Been there. Um, so, so, well, we were talking, you and I at some point connected because you were talking about how you had booked something and then you were having like massive breakout issues. And these are the type of little conversations I love to have because we don't talk about them as much because it matters because it not only affects how we look, it affects our self-esteem mm-hmm. hugely. And last night I texted you and said, my skin is raging. Please tell me what to do. And you sent me a five-step guide. Here's yeah. a little backstory on me. I was on Accutane twice as a kid. I don't oh, even I know, know if that. They, yeah, I don't know if they allow you to do it anymore because it was so noxious to your system. I mean, people but, still, I know people on it now. Yeah, I don't know sure. if they let you take it twice anymore. Oh. It was oh, pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Uh, so I had acne from fifth grade until I was, I mean, like, 18, 19, 20, like mm-hmm. I, it was nonstop and it was not good. And it, it was, it's so, it's so triggering to me to have skin issues now because I feel like I'm fighting that good fight and I know mm-hmm. all the knowledge and I do all the things and I've done all the things and I know what works and what doesn't work and how long things work for. And, and I, and so whenever this happens, whenever I have a full blown face breakout, I feel so off the rails out of control <laughs> because it's one of my biggest triggers. Cause I worked so hard to take care of my skin and I spend stupid amounts of money on products that sometimes help and sometimes don't. I see doctors, I do all the things and it's so silly because I don't even think other people can really see it unless you get super close. It's like a texture thing. It's like a whole, and for some oh, reason it triggers the shit out of me. So it's a texture thing for you. Like it's like, both It gets textured. And then I get like the, the big chunky zits all over. Like uh-huh. it's a, it's a solid mix. And so I'm either, I either, and my skin also gets very dry. So I either am moisturizing a lot and breaking out or I am in this like current period, like starting like two months ago, or I am 
dry as the Sahara. Like I can't find a middle ground and it's, I feel like I, I thought I solved this problem last year. I thought I was on top of it. Yeah. Well, and there's, it sucks to wake up and not know what your face is going to look like. Uh, I, yes, yes. And the reason we talked about this during book club, this was not something the book was about, but, um, cause I've had pretty good skin my whole life. I've never really had acne issues, um, here and there, but not until I turned 40, suddenly my skin has been freaking out, like freaking out. And yeah, when I had, I had two jobs to do top of last month and I, I get, when I do get acne, it's really big cystic zits, like mm. underground. They look like golf balls underneath my skin. They very Ugh, rarely come to head. Hurt and it, too. They hurt and they're very hard to cover on set. Mm. Like it's hard to not make you look like you have a golf ball on your forehead. Um, yeah. so yeah. And I started to get zits all over my chin un- undergrounders. Like it just was something I had never experienced. So I, I was all hands on deck immediately. I was like, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to find us going through my Instagrams, like doing Instagram stories, being like anybody who is dealing with adult acne, talk to me about what you're doing because, well, I did a really Canadianism about, I got a boot. <laughs> I, Man, I have to it. catch myself about, I have to say I about, 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 okay. <laughs> Not a boot <laughs> about, um, just what, how do you deal with this? Because hormonally your body changes. Uh, and this sounds like a really, um, <laughs> I feel like we're having a vain conversation, but it's an important conversation for actors. It's it our matters. Face. It, it matters. 100% matters. If, if there, nobody else is going to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. Well, yeah. And it's hard for um, makeup to cover it sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it is. And sometimes it's really hard. Um, so yeah, I did send Sam my, should I read out what it is? We're not like, she's not sponsored by any of these people. No, but I will send them this podcast episode if I appreciate yeah, their well, products. And I actually will tell Balm Labs immediately because, okay. So a friend uh, told me about Balm Labs, B-L, sorry, can't spell, B-A-L-M Labs, L-A-B-S. And we'll put all these links in the show notes too. Yeah. It's specifically for adult acne specifically. So, um, and I've been using that for the last month and I have to say it's made a definite change for sure. Uh, and it what takes a while. products is they have, oh, well, it's interesting. They have hemp in them, um, but they have a cleanser, uh, and then this like elixiry thing and then a hydrator. So, you know, it's a three-step thing. Um, it's all natural, vegan, all that good stuff. But I, I, I mean, they have a dermatologist on staff that you can actually like ask questions of and stuff. It's, they're amazing, amazing company. Um, female run, she did it because, she couldn't find anything on the market that would help her skin because she was breaking out as an adult and like with bad acne. So when, as soon as my girlfriend sent me that, I was like, yes, please. And thank you. Um, the other thing I tried because I got a Facebook ad, but it's really good is hello bud. Um, it's a Australian company and it is a clay mask also with hemp. Um, Mm. and it is amazing. Like it just, it, it dries, uh, very clay cakey, you know, the way mm-hmm. clay gets hard. Um, but when you take it off, your skin is super smooth. It's really awesome. Ooh, and then, okay. okay. I tried literally every zit sticker on the market. I'm not even kidding. I got everyone to send me their favorites. And the only ones that seem to be effective for me at all are the ones that are spelled. I can't, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce this, but C O S R X, um, get them on Amazon, whatever, but they're great. They're fantastic. 
And then I have to say that I've been going to a place in Vancouver called Skin Glow Laser, and they do broadband laser treatment. So it's like using the different color laser to like blast the bacteria Mm -hmm. underneath the skin. Um, So I don't know which of these things particularly, (laughs) because I just like all of them at once, give me all the things because I need to fix this fast. But it's all been what the combination of those things, something is working. Um, so this this is the thing is that I will go buy all of these things right after this call because (laughs) I will spend any amount of money to not have my childhood trigger come back and, and deflate me as a, it's the, I also have some travel coming up and like, it sucks when you travel because your skin always freaks out anyway. And like, Mm -hmm. it's great. It's so annoying. It's like, I feel out of control. I feel like it's, which is funny because we control nothing, but we feel like we can control everything. But well, like, I have to say, I'm I'm impressed with all of these things so far. Okay. So I, I feel like I've tried so much stuff. Like I use proactive for a long time, Ugh, sort same. of preemptively to try to, I don't know, but it just, my skin was awful and dry and, yes, you know. I, the same thing happened to my, I mean, Accutane, tricycline, that's a, that's a birth control. Um, (laughs) I was on, I took every, every pill for a Mm -hmm. month at a time. I took every, like I have done, you name it. I have done it to my skin. I did microdermabrasion. I did peels. I did laser treatments. I did, I've literally done everything. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like things work for six to nine months and then they hit a fan. And so I'm in I'm in yet another rebuilding phase and I'm about to order every product that you just recommended. Well, they were, they're working for me. So there's that. I have to say too, that, uh, it's annoying that there's not more, you know, we talk about diversity and representation stuff. Mm -hmm. I really wish that there was more accurate representation of natural skin with acne and wrinkles and all of the things on film and television and commercials. I really, really, I really feel like we just need to just show people as their faces are, you know, above teenage years too. Cause sometimes you see it was like younger kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then they don't, you don't see any in adulthood. And I remember when I was in the midst of like, like 13, 14, 15, I would watch TV and I was like, how do these people have this skin? I would like study it because I didn't want anyone to be close to me enough to see it on my face. Mm-hmm. I was so self-conscious. I was like, how, how do they have it? And I would try and research how people had their, the skin they have so much of it is genetics and, mm-hmm. and, and then expensive stuff. So I I'll report back what works, but it's, it's so annoying. And you know what? I got to tell you, some of the sets that I've been on, some of the leads don't have very good skin. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they were just in the midst of a busy time, because that's something too, is when we're really busy and auditioning a lot and on set and stuff, we're caked in makeup all the time, all the time, <laughs> all the time. And I have a, I love the, the pharmacy green clean. It's like a cleansing bomb. I use it hmm. just strips everything away. And it's like Wait, a pharmacy green cleansing bomb. What is uh, this? Yeah, it's, it's a F A R M A C Y green clean. And it's like a thick balm and you scoop a little out. And then you rub it in your hands and it turns into almost a, a slick, like almost like an oil. It's kind of like coconut oil in its consistency. It's hard in the jar and oh. then slick on your hands. And then you slick it all over and you wipe it off with a warm, wet towel. And it just, nice. it takes off everything, like the thick makeup, the the eyelashes, the whole situation. And then, and then I wash my face. Mm. So I, that works really well, but I do feel like when there's busy days in a row where I'm always putting on makeup, I really feel like my skin gets worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, because it's just 
soaking up everything that you had stuck on your face. And yeah, I had a makeup artist recently and she was like, I'll be honest with you. None of this stuff is good for you. <laughs> it's going to make you look real great. She but... was like, it's good for a moment, but the better your skin is like the better you off you are. And I was like, right. Yeah. But even when you have good skin on set, they still cake you with makeup. Yeah. I've yet yeah. to be on a set where there's not like a couple layers of foundation. Interesting. Maybe it's just the roles I play because I'm never like the fancy woman, you know, mm-hmm. but the fancy I, woman, the fancy woman, <laughs> never got to be a fancy woman. Although, can I say I just auditioned for something that was in the eighties and I was like, can I please be in the eighties? I would love yes. to. Oh man. Feather the hair, do the thing. That's um, a good one. Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. Uh, you're not a fancy lady, so you don't wear. A oh, ton, right. Ton of I'm makeup. rarely fancy. Yeah, I never have to wear a ton of makeup. And I'm always almost like, can I have more makeup, please? Because <laughs> I feel like in my everyday life, I will wear more makeup just as me in public than they often put on me on set because I'm oh, usually that's... super plain. That is fascinating. Yeah. But maybe it's because I'm like, I'm a doctor. I'm a whatever. I, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Doctors don't wear makeup. What are well, you Well, I mean, about? not probably the same. I mean, they're not going to wear the amount of eyeliner. I probably do. And I'm in normal I'm pretty life. sure all CW people are hot. And That's true. So That's you're true. you're in C- the world. You're in the world. <laughs> well, I- <laughs> anyways, I don't know. Wait, no. Oh, I feel like I didn't give doctors their due. All doctors wear the makeup. Do it. That's a, that was a dumb statement on my part. My personal doctors that I have played so far and nurses that I have played have not been those who wear a ton of makeup. Just, I don't know why. I I will trade you for (laughs) some of my fancy women. Yes. Yeah. Sam's fancy ladies. My fancy ladies. Your fancy ladies. Uh, Okay. Well, so next time we record, then we will have to report back on where we're at with our with our skincare journeys. Do you, if you guys who are listening are like, this is so stupid. This is the most boring (laughs) conversation ever. But I have a feeling that a lot of you are like, yes, please talk about this because we, I think, I feel like all the people online trying out skin creams and this and that are like, Ooh, new product. Ooh, new product. I'm like, what the fuck? If I use a new product, the first two weeks are hell. Oh, absolutely. I don't understand how these people function. That's oftentimes how I don't continue using something is because your skin freaks out more because it's purging the old crap and getting used to the new stuff. And then you're just like, this doesn't work, (laughs) but you have to give it time, which sucks. I know. I know. I should maybe... I got to make some choices about what I'm going to buy of yours. I'm not going to buy it all. No, I should buy try, try balm labs because it's made okay, for adult acne, like labs. specifically adult acne. So, okay. You know, okay. Yeah. I'll start there. I'll go buy it right now. Again, we're not sponsored yet. By- <laughs> not sponsored, but-, but open to it. <laughs> open, open to it. Yeah. Yep. Great candidates. Uh, okay, great. Well, I think that's our podcast for today. Yeah. Boy, we went all over the map today. Yeah, that was, we might've lost some people, but not others. So. <laughs> and if you're still with us, you are our people. <laughs> uh, guys, don't forget to follow Helena and I on Instagram and all the other platforms. Keep an eye out. If you're in Canada, Helena has a new commercial playing right now. Oh, yay. Yeah. Do you want what it's for? Oh, it's the BCAA commercial where I got to sing with a whole bunch of people and it was super fun and lovely and just, it was a, such a joy to work on truly. And you were um, a doctor. Did you have makeup on? Oh, I was a dentist 
technically. It's funny. They have different, like they have a 60 second spot, a 30 second and a 15. Apparently my solo singing stuff might be in the, the shorter versions. Whereas I'm just like in the bigger version, I'm mostly crowd. I don't know who knows. I haven't, I've only seen the longer version. So, um, I did not have a ton of makeup on, but Trudy, who I've worked with on two commercials now is the best makeup artist in Vancouver for commercials. I have to say. And she was like, I walked in and my face was all just really breaking out. And she's like, Oh girl, no worries. I got you. I'm like, mm. I love you. I love you. That's a great feeling. Oh, also, you said Trudy and I instantly pictured my chihuahua doing your makeup. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was really great for me. Uh, okay. So keep an eye out for Helena's commercial. That's so sick. Uh, oh yeah. Wait, wait, the wait, more stuff. Oh wait, one thing. If you, if we don't, yeah, it'll be end of, uh, what are we, November? Oh, November. So November 25th, which is Thanksgiving day. I think the Hallmark Christmas movie I'm in premieres. So it's nine kittens of Christmas. Look out for the really big zit on my upper lip. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to be distracted by the nine kittens of Christmas. I'm not There's even going to so see many kittens. It. It's lovely. That sounds like a perfect day. Uh, guys, make sure you're following One Broke Actress. Make sure you are checking out our Patreon, patreon.com slash One Broke Actress. Lots of bonus podcast stuff. I just did a whole bonus podcast about being directed on set that Ooh. is going up there later today. So it will already be on there. And uh, that that brings us to the end of the podcast. So we will talk to you guys very soon. Bye, Bye. all. 